Hey folks, welcome to the Baseball Rewind. We bring you baseball facts, stories, and sprinkle in game highlights and interviews about the highlighted player. January 28, 1968, Goose Goslin, a former Washington Center and Detroit Tiger outfielder who retired with a career 316 batting average, played in five World Series. And Kiki Collier, a 321 hitter who won four stolen base crowns while running the bases for the Pittsburgh Pirates and Chicago Cubs, are both elected into the Hall of Fame by a unanimous vote of the Veterans Committee. Goslin believed his enshrinement into Cooperstown was helped by his interview uh, in Lawrence Ritter's 1966 book, The Glory of Their Times, the story of the early days of baseball told by the men who played it. Now, if you listen to that interview, uh, Ritter tells a great story about um, Goslin's Hall of Fame uh, induction speech and what happened when they forgot to uh, book the hotel for an extra night. Super interesting story, and that alone is worth listening to. Uh, a little bit on Kalia. He, he delivered the uh, World Series winning blow in the 1925 Fall Classic, clearing the bases with a double off of Walter Johnson in the eighth inning of Game 7. He's probably the only Hall of Famer to be benched for a month by his manager for lackadaisical play in his prime. He did win four stolen base titles. Uh, he led the National League in doubles, runs, and triples, but is still considered by some experts as a marginal Hall of Famer. Goslin won batting titles in the minor leagues and the American League. He won the World Series with the Senators and Tigers. Uh, he drove in 100 or more runs 11 times. It was known as one of the best fastball hitters of the time. The Washington Post called Goslin Washington's answer to Babe Ruth. True clutch hitter, uh, Goslin was famous for driving in the winning run in Detroit's first World Series championship in 1935. So in the interview from uh, Gloria Their Times at Lawrence Ritter, Goslin makes a quick joke about his nickname, but he doesn't really get into it. Um, see, he was tabbed goose while he was still in the minor leagues because of his beak-like nose and gawky physical features. Uh, Goslin used a closed batting stance and once joked that he would have hit 500 if he could seen over his nose. Now here's a quick factoid uh, about Goslin in the 1935 World Series against the Cubs. Goslin kept an entire rabbit in the clubhouse, figuring if a rabbit's foot was good luck, then an entire rabbit must be even better. And ironically enough, as I already mentioned, he delivers a series winning hit in Game 6. And you can actually listen to two of the games from that 1935 World Series, including his uh, walk-off hit. And you can listen to five of the games from the 1934 World Series over on our classic uh, radio network. So speaking of Goslin, um, just here's a short excerpt from that interview that I hope you enjoy. Folks, before we jump into today's highlights, I just have to ask you, do you want to put 50 years of baseball history in your pocket. I know what you're thinking, it's not going to fit, but it really will because it's all in audio format. These are lost pieces of baseball history told to you from baseball cathedrals. They're, they're told to you by icons of the game from Red Barber, Ernie Howell, to Harry Carey. I get goosebumps personally listening to these games and even thinking about the interviews and what these players are going to share with me. I know what you're thinking. Is this AI? Are there bots? Is there some magic potion here that are making these things appear? And I'm telling you, they're not. These games are real. They were done by real people 
at that specific moment in time. All the iconic moments, the interviews, none of it's reproduced, none of it's AI. It's all real, but done again by real people. If you want to check them out, uh, there's a free intro offer. Jump on over to VintageBaseballReflections.com. And there's over 2,500 audio clips in games for you to put in your pocket, take on walks with you, hang around the fireplace and listen, put them on the porch, invite some friends over. However you want to listen, you're going to be able to listen in these amazing moments in baseball history. Use this coupon this day for a special gift at the checkout. But it was a lot different when, you, when I got into professional ball from around playing the sandlots, you know. Did you ever feel sorry that maybe you didn't continue as a pitcher, or were you just as happy to go in the outfield? No, I wanted to play every game. Yeah, great. <laughs> I wanted to be in there. I ate baseball. I slept. I woke up with it. Then you came up to Washington. That's right. Clark Griffith came down Washington. and looked at me with Washington, the owner of the Washington Ball Club. He said, kid, he said, I'm going to take you up with me. I thought, well, my, isn't this something? Oh, I couldn't wait till I got up there. And uh, I remember them kidding me a lot when I left down there. They said, well, when you get up to the big leagues, why, they'll strike you out just as fast as you come up. And, of course, the manager told me, he said, boy, he said, you're going to the big leagues and you're going there to stay. So uh, Faber at that time was an outstanding pitcher. And he was pitching this day. It was about the third game that I had played in, in the big leagues. And uh, I hit a home run off of him. So when we got in the clubhouse, I didn't know who was pitching. Didn't make any difference <laughs> to me. So I said, <laughs> I said to two or three of the boys in there, I said, who was that pitcher? And, oh, boy, did they rave. They said, can you imagine? Anybody don't know who was pitching? Oh, the best you... pitcher in the league. I didn't care who he was to make any difference. One picture to me was just like another, as I say. Oh, I was a big dumb kid when I went up, you know. I was born, raised on a farm and no city life yeah. at all, you know. And that was a great thrill to get that home run off of Faber after yeah. I found it out. Yeah. And those guys, they were so mad because they couldn't get a hard foul off of him, you know. <laughs> Have you always been called Goose? Well, that nickname comes natural. Wonderful name. Well, oh, it just sounds oh, great. Oh, a little goslin of a goose. Yeah, sure. That right? That's how it comes sure, around. Sure. Before you got in baseball, were you a fan of any club, like when you were about 18 years old? I had no pick at all of any of the clubs. In fact, I was pulling for me, mm -hmm. Mr. Geese, <laughs> to get up there. Do you remember the first big league ball game you saw? Mm, not very vividly. Remember the first one you played in? Oh, I bet you do. Yes, I remember that. I remember that the Detroit Tigers came to town in Washington, the first game I played in. They put me in right field, and uh, Ty Cobb got on first base. Were you scared? Were you frightened? No, no? I wasn't frightened of anything. No. <laughs> I didn't have uh, any conscience, I guess, to be frightened or something. I just loved it. I didn't know there was anybody in the grandstand or not. I'd play for nothing if they'd have let me play. But uh, Ty Cobb got on first base and Bobby Veach. You remember reading about him? He was quite a ball player. So he hit a ball over my up against the 
wall, and I caught it right off the wall, and Ty Cobb started home. Well, I had quite an arm. I could throw pretty good. You're supposed to relay the ball. See, uh, infielder runs out, and you throw it to him, and then he throws it home as a catcher. Instead, I threw the ball all the way in, and it caught Ty Cobb. Just happened to be a lucky throw, you know what I mean? Happened to hit the spot. And then he called me everything. How <laughs> dumb I was. I'd be up there about one week and you'd be back in the minors where you belong. <laughs> he was so mad at me. I'll never forget that.